Aren't you glad God's Word is living and active in our lives? What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. You might take a look that up in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in front of you. Or you might take a look at your tablet or iPhone, whatever it is. But we're going to take a look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 in a little bit. Boy, how many of you like basketball? Anybody like basketball? If you don't like basketball, that's your tough luck. Man, I love watching basketball. You know, the cancellation of the 2020 Men's National NCAA Tournament put life into perspective for college basketball players, coaches, fans. And uh, Gonzaga's coach, Mark Few, is quoted as saying, no 2020 March Madness was traumatizing for his players. Now, over, over a year later, in 2021, uh, the NCAA tournament was been, it's been played, ending with a national championship game between Baylor and Gonzaga this last Monday night. Now, there's a lot to remember about March Madness, kind of like number of the Big Ten teams being knocked out. I mean, Pastor Tim's an Indiana boy. I like Michigan. I have to like Iowa now, you know. I've been here 40 years. Pastor Brian likes Wisconsin. I even rooted for Ohio. Can you believe that? But wow, wow, it was, it was a great game. There's a lot to remember. UCLA nearly upset number one Gonzaga in the final four, and it will go down in history books. Jalen Suggs, buzzer-beating three-point bank shot in overtime will be the highlight of this year's March Madness. But USA Today Sports said it was the entire game that turned out to be an unexpected masterpiece of, get this, teamwork, of teamwork. Uh, when it happened, you know, when, I, when it's happened, I'm watching, the, I'm watching it, and I all of a sudden get up and go, yay! And I scare my wife because she's sleeping. She wants to know what's going on. And so, hey, my son Micah, he scared the cats at his house. But man, what a great game. Mark Few said after the win, and to do it on the biggest stage is just awesome. I knew we had a lucky half quarter uh, at the end, but both teams battled, battled and dug as deep, I think, as they could. Now, Scott Drew, Baylor's coach, agreed. That's what makes it March Madness. We'll be talking about that shot for 25 to 40 years. Just the raw emotion involved. It's what makes March Madness so special. Now, this last Monday night, the championship game was played, and Baylor won their first ever national championship, handing Gonzaga their first loss of the season. Boy, that had to be tough. Baylor player Jared, uh, Jared Butler was named most outstanding player for the NCAA national championship. Now, evidently, there's no MVP, it's MOP, you know, most outstanding player. 
You know, MVP, most valuable player, found out you got to get paid to get that, you know. And so evidently college, they don't get paid. So, But anyways, one of the things I learned about him is he gave all glory to God. Uh, the Baylor team all gathered around, prayed at the end of that. And then I found out something interesting about Jared. Jared teaches second and third grader Sunday school at Harris Creek Baptist Church. And I thought, wow, man, what that is great. MOP or MVPs are important. But making the final four and winning the national title during March Madness took a team effort. Why don't you remember that? A team effort. And that's what we're going to look at today. Living life with a team of people that will make it better. Uh, I've had the opportunity to visit my brother a number of times up in Alaska, and um, one of the first times uh, I went with him, and he goes, hey, you want to go deer hunting? I said, sure. So, hey, we got, you know, we were on the Kodiaks down here, the city of Kodiak, but we're way over in Olga Bay, and so we got in a boat, and we drove to a certain section, and uh, we were looking for a deer, and, uh, um, you know, he finally got one, uh, and uh, so we had taking care of it, and then we built a little fire, and we're having a fire, and you know, my brother turned to me, and he goes, hey, you know, just, you know, you don't have to, you know, when you're a Christian, you don't have to go to church. I said, oh, really? Is that right? And I said, uh, so, uh, you know, he didn't see me, but after a while, I kind of took a, we had the fire, and took a little coal and kicked it out, and so um, as we were going along, uh, we were talking some more, and I said, hey, you see that little coal? Yeah, I saw you kick it out. I said, well, hey, how long is that thing going to stay hot? Not very. You kicked it out of the fire. And I said, that's why Christians ought to go to church. Hey, take a look at this picture. I think this, kinda, this picture kind of illustrates it pretty good, don't you? To, not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together because somebody's looking for you. There's a lion that would like to rip you up. And so we need one another. And so those of you who are watching, I know that, hey, there's a day that you're going to come back and, hey... Just take your time, process it, but I'm glad that all of you are here today because I want to challenge you about having a team that you work with, live with, uh, that's special to you, having a, a, a team that works with you. And, and so, hey, listen, take a look at that. You know, Pastor Brian went through a one another series, and he looked up 59 one another statements in the Bible, and uh, you know, God expects us to behave toward other believers in a certain way, and uh, we have learned that it's impossible to live this out unless we're in community with other Christians. We've learned together some important truths. So what are those truths? Well, we're to care for one another. We're to really care for one another. We're to be united uh, with one another. Do you understand? We're to be united in Christ to one another, and then accept one another. Now, that, makes, that means you have to make a choice, and you have to work on that. And then it says, carry each other's burdens. That means we're to come alongside and give help when help is needed. And then it says, bear with one another. Oh, I'm so glad that's there. I'm so glad. You know, when Pastor Brian preached that sermon, the first two points were make a list of people that you have to bear with. And then he said, pray for them, number two, right? Wasn't that right? Well, hey, 
I, I was talking to somebody and somebody came up to me and said, hey, I wonder how many lists, lists I made. <laughs> hey, the bottom line is we need one another. Uh, we're not lone rangers. We need people around us to spur us on. In Hebrews 10, it says this, consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. We need to be in community with other Christians. Uh, we need to have a team. We need to have a one another team, people that will help us grow in our walk with Christ. Now, building that team is so very important. So how do you gather people around you? Not just any people, but the right type of people. The Bible has a lot to say about who we ought to hang around with. The Bible has a lot to say about relationships and connecting with other people. And there's this famous passage that I asked you to turn to in Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9, it says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken." That sounds like a team to me. That passage and many others like it suggests that uh, you and I have got to be around a team of people that will not only protect us, but also encourage us, fight for us, challenge us, pray for us, and provide for us. Now, because we're dreaming here and Basically, what I want to do is I want to kind of nudge you, you know, to move to another level. Uh, would you dream with me a second about another, uh, one another team? Imagine this, knowing someone and being known. Being known by them, fully known. Imagine loving somebody and being fully loved by them. How about celebrating somebody? and being celebrated, serving someone, and being served by them. You see, that's what we're talking about here. That's why God created us to be relational, and in our DNA, we have a longing to connect with others. He made us His creatures, and He said, oh, good, 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 good. Uh, then He said, not good. Why? He said they don't come alone. God knew that isolating uh, loneliness can destroy a heart. And he said they come in pairs. They come in teams. They need each other. We need people in our lives. Not just any people. We need one another teams. Uh, we need to raise the bar a bit for people that will hang around, uh, that we hang around. And not just any people, but people will improve us and sharpen us. Why, the Bible makes it pretty clear in Proverbs 13, 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. If you think about it, the people that we connect with pass things on to us. Do you realize that? The people we hang around with, uh, they'll influence us. I, I mean, they pass their values on to us, their, their dreams, their goals, their convictions, 
their habits, and we take on from other people. Now, I used to be the youth pastor here, and that was eons and eons and eons ago. And sometimes I would turn to them and I would just challenge them, hey, you become like the people you hang around with. And you know, they really didn't like hearing that. They didn't like hearing that. And uh, this goes for any age. And you know, this is for adults as well. And we become like the people we hang around with. When I was in college, uh, there was a professor slash pastor by the name of Fred Schindler. And Schindler, I mean, man, he could preach, and man, he was kind of rapid fire when he got up there and preached. And one day he saw me, and he said, Ed, I, I want to talk to you about something. And so I went over, and I said, hey, how are you doing today? And we kind of chit-chatted a little bit, and he said, hey, I'm concerned about you. I said, really, what are you, what are you concerned about? He said, you're hanging around with a couple of guys, and those two guys, they got bad attitudes. I, I'm just concerned about you that you don't catch those bad attitudes that those guys have. Well, I was listening, and I was thinking at the same time, okay, where are we going with this, you know? So he said, I just want you to be very, very careful. So then here's what I said. Well, you know, I'm hanging around to bring them up a little. Well, that's a lie. <laughs> that was a lie. I mean, they had a 120 dirt bike that they let me drive. I, didn't ha I never had a dirt bike, you know, and so they let me play with that. One of them worked at a fast food joint, and, and hey, at the end of shift, I could have as many apple pies and cherry pies as I wanted. So I told Fred, I said, Pastor Fred, well, I'm hanging around, and so, you know, I, I, th I think he still didn't think I was getting it, you know. So here's what he did. He, he went over to a chair, and he said, hey, Ed, I want you to stand on this chair, you know, and I know there's only one of me, and just think there's two of them, and I want you to stand on this chair, and so try, to, try just lifting me up, you know, and he kind of fought me. And he said, now, you're going to try to lift these two guys up. Now, here, give me your hands. And so he goes, now, you're trying to lift these guys up. And he went like this without me knowing, and he pulled me down. See, they could pull you down real quick if you're not careful. And I thought, you booger, now i got to change. And so I, but I took it to heart. I, I took it to heart. And you know what? I'm glad that he was looking out for me. I didn't like it, but after a while, I was like, hey, he does have you know, something to say here. And so that was, hey, two can pull you down. So the challenge today is to surround ourselves with a team of people that will point us to Jesus. It, it may be a relationship that already exists in our life. The challenge is uh, maybe your relationships to take it to a new level, a deeper level. It may be developing new relations uh, through being a part of a small group or an intentional discipleship relationship. Now, Doug Fields, he, he's, a, he's a great speaker. He's executive director of Homewoods, uh, or Homewoods uh, Center for Youth and Family, and he shares this process of how relationships go from superficial, social, spiritual, significant, and then ultimately soulmate. Now, Doug says that one of the great illustrations many of us live under is that we think higher of our relationships than they really are. Uh, the challenge is to step back and evaluate our relationships, and do we have relationships that are truly spiritual, or, or do most of our relationships fall under superficial, social, even here at church? Uh, we walk with a lot of people, but we don't journey with very many of them. 
Our one another teams are people who are journeying with us through life, through the good times, through the bad times, and they're not afraid to ask hard questions or challenge us to our walk with God. Now, spiritual relationships, you, you might look at this continuum and say, well, I've got spiritual relationships, and some might ask, well, how am I defining spiritual relationships? This is where something goes deeper and it begins to happen where you're moving towards spiritual maturity. Uh, we might be in a growth group, a small group, uh, where we talk about God and figure uh, that that's a spiritual conversation and relationship. And one, someone basically said that some small groups are nothing more than just relaying Bible trivia back and forth to each other, answering this question and filling in the blank. But how do you move to spiritual or significant relationships within those existing groups? Why? How do you develop significant relationships? Well, hey, it's, it's by some of the questions you ask. So, for example, let me ask you this question. Can you call that person anytime, night or day? Can you call that person night or day? Uh, or you really... Uh, um, feel that your relationship is authentic and there can be brokenness in it, or that you do life together. You know, at the soulmate stage is really the significant person who you've done life with for many, many years, and at the end you can say before them and say, I'm known, I feel loved, I feel celebrated, I feel served, and that's what we're talking about. Let's use the continuum to help uh, you evaluate some of the existing relationships and think about where they could go in the future. And let's use this to motivate us to perhaps pursue a new relationship that will help us with our spiritual maturity. So as we build our one another team, what kind of people are we looking for? Now, Doug Field shares this outline, and it's based on MVP. First off, people who motivate your character. People who motivate your character. Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. You know, yesterday they had the Iron Sharpens Iron Conference for men. It's a one-day event uh, where that they're encouraged that they need one another. Uh, who are the people that when you look around, you're, you're just wanting, you know, you, you want to be in a relationship with them. Or you want to help change. And, and when you're with them, it does something to your character that you want to be different. You know, they just, you know, when you're around them, you see them doing things, and it's like, oh, man, I want to do that. Well, for me, there's a number of people that, you know, have, have impact. I, there, I, I could have made a list of 100 people, but I'm not going to do that, but except I'll say this. You know, I want to be more giving person when I was around Dick Swick. Dick Swick uh, has passed on. He's in heaven today. But you know what I'd do is I'd go up to him and I'd say, hey, i got a kid that needs to go to camp. Uh, hey, can you, uh, can you help them out? He'd open up his wallet. He'd pull out a 20. And he'd look in his wallet again and give me another 20. And then he told me, go see Art Pole and go see this guy and go see that guy. And, and then, hey, listen, if you don't get enough money, come back and see me. The other thing that you need to know is Dick Swick's handprints are all over this building. You know, if we need something fixed, he'd come and fix this. He'd come fix that, and he'd do all kinds of different things. The other thing that you didn't know about him is he was, he was a giving guy, and one of the things he did, did was he enjoyed special needs people. We had special needs class that he would teach. He would engage with them. He would check up on them, and then, you know, at Christmas time, he'd fill up a van full of them, and they'd go out and see the lights. 
and he just loved them. And then sometimes he'd take one of those that were special and you'd find them in the kitchen during the second service cleaning up the kitchen, taking care of the pots and the pans and the coffee and stuff like that. That's, I want to be more like Dick Swick. I mean, being with him, it made me want to be more like him. And then, you know, I mean, he gave of his time, his treasure, and his talent. You know, I, I, I want to have more faith in my journey. And, you know, when I'm around Pastor Brown, I mean, Pastor Brown, Pastor Tim, Pastor Brian, I mean, you know, sometimes I get stirred up in the sense that, hey, I want to have more faith. I mean, if you think we can do this, let's go for it. Let's go for it. And then I want to I have, be a more faithful friend. Well, hey, there's no more faithful friend than Dale Steele. Dale Steele, man, I mean, he's tops. I mean, a faithful friend. I want to be more like him. And then somebody that's encouraging. I, you know, I, I enjoy encouraging people, but, I, man, Shane Davis is, I mean, he encourages so many people. I mean, he just looks for ways to encourage people. So, hey, he goes to McDonald's uh, just over here. Is it over here? Am I pointing in the right direction? Uh, I want Pastor Brian to know that I'm pointing in the right direction, okay? And so, hey, he'll go over there for coffee. And so three tables. Now, hey, let me just give you this little tip. When you go out to restaurants, be careful what you're talking about. You know why? People are listening to what you're saying. And so, hey, three tables away, some lady's talking about her grandson, and he goes to a doctor, and he's not getting the help he needs, but they got to get to another doctor. And Shane hears that. And so what he does is he's like, should I go? Should I not go? Should I not go? Should I not go? So he gets up, finally gets up. He walks over and he says, hey, ma'am, my name's Shane Davis. I heard you talking about your grandson. Can I just pray with you that God will lead you to the right doctor to take care of his problem? Oh, absolutely. She puts her hands out. He grabs her hands and he prays for her. I mean, wow, man, what an encourager. I mean, the ability to encourage other people. And so we need people like that in our lives. People often subtly uh, either bring you up or bring you down. And so you may kind of do an inventory of the people around you. Do you have people that when you're around them, you want to get better? And if so, uh, do you take it to, uh, to the next level and make them your one another team? Now, hey, the second part of this is people who value your soul, people who value, people who will listen to you, uh, who will listen to your heart, uh, you're safe to reveal yourself with them, and, and you open up your inner life with them, you share their lot, your lot, you share with them your dreams, your hurts, and your fears, and, and then they pray for you. Now, you know, in our culture today, people often share their hearts anonymously online, not face-to-face in a real relationship. You know, I don't want to trade my heart with the computer screen. I want to trade it with someone who values it, uh, the result of which really heals. And the Bible tells us in James 5, 16, confess your sins to each other, pray for each other so that you may be healed. There was a time in my ministry, I I, I had a really uh, difficult time. Something took place and, man, uh, I I had been kicked, I had been... uh, kind of beat up, and I was like, man, I want to quit. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm fed up with this stuff, you know. And so um, I, I was in the back of uh, this area here in, in the building, and, and somebody came in, and, and they had noticed my attitude. They noticed that there was something going on, and I, I think they even knew a little bit about what had taken place. 
And so they came up to me and they said, hey, how are you doing? And they so I, you know, I kind of told them, but I didn't give them all the stuff. And man, that sounds heavy, man. That sounds heavy. Hey, listen, let me just tell you this. Um, you know, there's a time in my life when I uh, when I had to deal with the same thing and uh, they were commiserating with me and they were going through something and so on and so forth. And he goes, you know how you feel right now? I felt. But hey, I want you to know something. I want you to know something. How you feel is normal but it's going to get better. But that makes a choice on your side. You have to make a choice on that. And you know what? He put his hand on me, and he said, you're normal. And when he put his hand on my shoulder, I was like, hey, I've just been hurt. And I started healing then. And I really appreciated that person coming alongside of me and encouraging me. God uses people to impact people. Do you have somebody in your life that will value your soul like that? And then the other one is people who praise you on your journey. You know, I don't know about you, but we all need encouragement, don't we? Uh, we need a shot in the arm. Now, I'm not talking about vaccines right now because they hurt for three days, you know. But we all need to have some encouragement. And, and so, hey, somebody that comes along, looks you right in the eye, praises you, and, and maybe does that on, on a permanent basis. Now, again, when I was a youth pastor eons ago, uh, I would take them to Camp Forest Springs, and, and we would go uh, canoeing, rock climbing, and everything. And at the end of the trip, I would have the kids all gather, and just before we, the night before we leave to come back home, I'd have them all get in a circle, and then I'd put a chair in the middle of the circle. Now I'd say, hey, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to talk about the person that sits in the middle. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to say something nice about them. Uh, we're going to compliment them about something they accomplished, and, and we're going to... Uh, not not talk about their clothes, not talk about their hair, not all they're pretty or whatever. We're going to talk about their character. Well, then all of a sudden said, you know, you climbed that, you did that rock climb, and you did it real well, and then you kissed that beaner up there. And then somebody else said, you know what, I noticed that you encouraged the guy that you were in a canoe with, and he was tired of paddling, and you kept paddling saying, come on, just around the next corner, we'll get there. And they complimented each other, and by the time they got done complimenting each other, they're walking around going, man, uh, you know, it's, there, it's amazing how, how you can change your attitude with just a little bit of encouragement. And, and it's so important to be encouraged. And, you know, I've never met anybody in my life that says, hey, stop encouraging me. You know, hey. I've, I've had it. I can't take it. Knock it off. Just knock it off. I mean, I want to tell you, people are dying to be encouraged. They're dying. So, you know, some of you are good at doing that. It's natural. It comes easy. You look people right in the eye and you say something spiritual-led, keeps them going and lifts them up. And others, hey, some of us have to work at it a little bit more. You know, Hebrews 10 says, consider how to stir up one another. Now, stir them up to love and good works. And that's something that's very, very good. And then in Hebrews 13, it says this, but exhort one another every day as long as it's called today that none of us may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. You know, Jesus was a master of this. He, I, I mean, think about this. He preached to thousands, hung out with 12, but then spent a a majority of the time with the three. And to those who knew Simon, he was a big mouth. He was clumsy. Uh, he, he, he was impulsive. He was a spontaneous fisherman. But Jesus looked at him and said, I'm not going to call you Simon. I'm going to call you Peter. In Greek, it's Petros, meaning rock. 
And we later read about Peter's life and how the Bible refers to him as a pillar in the church. Now, here's something that's interesting. He became what Jesus saw in him. He became what Jesus saw in him. You know, think about this. MVPs, consider the people for our one another teams, people who motivate your character, people who value your soul and praise you on your journey, our most valuable players. And if I could say to you, would you like this? Would you like somebody in your life who would do this for you? Chances are many of you here, I mean, you would love that. You would love to be motivated. You would love to be valued. You would love to be praised. You know, think about, are there some people in your life that do that already to you? Well, hey, maybe you may need to make a list and maybe go tell them thank you for that, you know, that you appreciate uh, what they've done for you. But then maybe you need to look for some others because maybe you can be an MVP in their life. Uh, you know, and thank them. Say, God, thanks. Uh, thank you, God, that you sent somebody into my life like that. So then how do we surround ourselves with these people now to live the life that God has intended us? Well, there's a couple of ABCs that I'm going to share with you. Number one, acknowledge your desire and your need for people like that in your life. Say, hey, God, hey, help me to, help me to find some people that I can run with and hang with and that care about me. And, and, and it starts with, I would like these people in my life. Uh, you know, some of you know the Old Testament story about David and Jonathan, right? And it says in Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 20, And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Now let me give you the context of this. Jonathan is saying this, Let's recommit to our friendship. Let's recommit that we're really loyal to each other because I need you in my life. Why? Things are going to get very tense pretty soon. I need to know that you're there for me. That's what I'm asking you to do with this first point. And just acknowledge what you know that's there. Would you recommit to God and, and say, hey, look at God, you've wired me in such a way that, hey, I want to be closer to you and I want to follow you and I want to know and be known. I want to love and, and lo be loved and I want to celebrate and be celebrated. And that's a starting point. Just acknowledge that. And some of you might say, hey, you know, I've tried that. I ain't going there again. Hey, Re-up and try it again. Re-up and try it again. And, and, you know, I can understand the frustration there. But here's the other thing. You may lead a comfortable life, a respectable life, and you may even have a life that looks spiritual. But if you miss the relational adventure that God has planned for you, you're really going to miss out on a major component, connecting with God's people. It's important. The other thing, too, is to broaden your perspective. Broaden your perspective of who might be on your one another team. I think a lot of us give up too early. Sometimes we think about, oh, man, if I could get this person, and, hey, this is pie in the sky, and I'm going to get this person, and you go try to get this person, and they're not available, and it's like, oh, man, I tried. Forget it. You know, and I, I'm sure that sometimes some of you are thinking, man, if I could just get Pastor Brian to be on my team, you know, and go have lunch with him once a week. Well, hey, there are only so many many lunches he can take, you know. Uh, but there are other people that, that could fill in that gap there, and I'm grateful for Pastor Brian. But the point is, is there might be other people who can be a part of your one another team, and they might be younger, they might be older, and they may have, they might be somebody totally unexpected. But here's the thing. 
takes humility to be willing to learn from them and be challenged by the people God brings into your life. Proverbs 11.2 reminds us, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. Take the broader perspective and see each other with a sense of wonder. Maybe there's someone out here that could be on your one another team, and maybe you could connect with them. We don't limit life to a few. Broaden your perspective. See, cultivate the relationships you already have. Instead of saying, I'm going to find some new people, well, hey, there might be some people that God's already entrusted uh, in your fellowship that, hey, maybe you could take it to a deeper level and, and instead of just pretending it's authentic love, hey, really go for it. Romans 12, 9 through 10 says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, and then get this, outdo one another showing honor <laughs> outdo wow that, think about this relation do relationships take work do they take time do they take energy yes they do i, I think of a lot of us cruise through life pretending that we love people uh, don't just pretend really go after it cultivate what's there why do we stay at a superficial level can i tell you the reason because we're busy. we got stuff that's on our list, and, and we're busy. To go deeper, it takes a little bit of time, and we're so busy, we move around, and we're building, building relationships. It's hard. Let me encourage you. Bloom where you're planted. It, it, it may only be for a season of life, but take it deeper. See what God might bring out and cultivate what's already there. How? Well, be open with people, people who have deep friendships, it may be introverts, extroverts, young, old. They could be well off or they could be poor. But they have one thing in common. They're open. They're open. They're transparent. They're authentic. They allow people to see what's going on in their heart. And if you can't be open uh, what's going on in your life, you're going to be superficial for the rest of your life. So process that. And then you might ask, well, how can I take this relationship deeper? Well, hey, ask some good questions with them when you're with them. You know, think about that. How do you cultivate those relationships? How do you go a little bit deeper? So, like, launch into a question like, you know what? A lot of times people say, hey, how are you doing? Well, you know, that's, we're walking right by. But what if you went up to somebody and said, how are you doing? And then you stay there with your eyes and focus on them. And you find they feel it uncomfortable. But nobody does that. Your eyes communicate, hey, I really care how you answer. And then listen to them. Actually sit there and listen to them. And when they say how they're doing, listen to their heart. You might say, hey, well, that sounds hard. That makes sense. You know, many of us struggle with that. And then when you hear all that they say, don't immediately think that you can put a Band-Aid on it. The fact that you're listening is a good thing. And then, listen, for, for whatever, just don't say this, you know. And when you ask them how they're doing and then they tell you and then you say, well, hey, you think that's bad. Let me tell you what I've gone through. Don't even go there. Don't even go there. But then love on them. I appreciate that you said that. That was big. Thank you. Or, or let them share more. Is there anything else that you want to say? And if there's more, I, I want you to share it with me. Now, hey, here's a side note for parents. You know, I know school's been up and down and all the way around this year. But, you know, when kids come home, a lot of times parents say, hey, how was school? And they say, fine. Okay. 
then sometimes parents get a little frustrated. Hey, look it. Let me, let me just give you a, an encouragement. You know, here's what to do. Take the time when they go to bed to go sit on their bed and say, hey, how was school today? Now, some kids don't want to go to sleep yet. And then the issue is pray with them before they go to bed. That, that's where you'll get some of the good stuff. So that's just a side note. D, dare to ask a few to begin the journey with you. Dare to ask a few to join, begin the journey with you. Uh, will you join, will you, you join uh, the one another team? I, I'm, I'm talking about a few. You can't go deep with everybody, but you can do with a few. Jesus ministered to thousands. He hung out with the 12. The Bible tells us there were three that he spent a lot of time with. And the Bible also says in Proverbs 18, 24, a, a, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You've got the dare. Take the next step. I just want to nudge you. I want to just encourage you in the relationships. It could be get involved in a, maybe a small group, a growth group. or uh, and You know, you might write that down on a connection card and put it in the offering box out there. Or you could do it on the uh, Edgewood app. Or maybe it's the beginning of your interest on in, 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 intentional discipleship relationships that Pastor Tim and Pastor Kyle have been talking about. Uh, but that's, you know, that's really, really something that you need to consider because that would be good. You know, I, I'm very appreciative that Pastor Tim's been here for as long as he's been here. We've both worked with each other for a long time, and God bless him for putting up with me. He has saved me so many times. He's helped me think through different things. But one time he came to me and he said, um, hey, man. Now, wait a minute, I just lied. He said, hey, Ed. I say, hey, man, okay? He said, Ed. Uh, hey, I got, a bun I got a number of people that live over in the Milan area that uh, would like to have a growth group. Would you like to open up your house and have a growth group? And I, I listened to him. I acted like, you know, I, I was trying to put on all the things that I'm listening to you. But I, when I walked away, I was like, I don't have time for this. You know, I'm already too busy. So, hey, what does he do? Two weeks later. Hey, Ed. You've been thinking about that? Yeah, tell me more. <laughs> tell, tell, me more <laughs> tell me more about this, Tim. And I'm thinking, I don't But, you know, he says a number of different things, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, it's something, you know, it was like a hook that got my heart, and so I started thinking about it. And so then three weeks, uh, two weeks after that, you know, it took six weeks, you know, for me to process this. So he came in and he says, hey, man, I really got this list of people that would really like it. So, hey, what, what, have you been thinking, have you talked to Sheila about it? And I said, hey, tell me more. And let me just tell you this. I love my growth group. I feel loved. I feel heard. I, I, I am known there. I feel they care. And I hope that they feel the same thing about me. But here's the thing I want you to know. I don't know that I could go through life without having a growth group. I don't know if I could do that. Because it's so special. It's so encouraging. And, and so I want you to think about that and process that. And, and you, you know, you might want to you know, be in a growth group. You might want to be in a relationship with intentional discipleship relationship. But hey, it's something that life's too short. 
Life is too short to not do that. And then the last thing is E, express God's love in those relationships. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 11, Behold, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Well, that leads us back to the one another's. Care for one another. Be united with one another. Accept one another. Care for each other. And care each other, carry each other's burdens. And then bear with one another. We need to love each other that way. But here's the point. You can't give what you don't have. If you don't have God's love in you, you can't give it out to other people. Love comes from God in 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Uh, maybe you're here, and, you know, as I look out, I see a lot of people that I'm familiar with. You know, I think I'm preaching to the choir uh, but then I, there might be a few people here that, you know, hey, I'm checking this thing out. Uh, you know, I don't have a relationship with Christ. You keep talking about a relationship with Christ. Let, and let me tell you, having a relationship with Christ is just not having head knowledge. Having a relationship with Christ is not being good. Uh, having a relationship with Jesus Christ is not being baptized. Here's a relationship with Christ. It's by confessing that you're a sinner and that you ask Christ to guide you in your life. Now, it's a long story. I'm not going to tell it, but my mother ticked me off. She told me I wasn't a Christian, and, you know, we had a few words there. And so I told her, hey, I, you know, I'm not going to talk to you about it, but I'll talk to the pastor about it. So if you make an appointment with them, I'll go talk to him, but I'm not talking to you about it. So she made an appointment with him. So the next day after school, I went to see the pastor. Hey, look at what he did is he led me. I was ready. To, I, I, I was coming to the point where I was getting ready to get saved. And he said, hey, here, he came, went through the Roman roads. We're sinners in need of a Savior. That Savior is Jesus Christ. If you confess him with your mouth and that you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you acknowledge that, God will save you. And it says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So then here's what he says. He said, would you like me to lead you in a prayer? And I looked at him and I said, you know, I, th I think I'm a big enough boy that I could do this on my own. And I just bowed my head and I prayed and I said, God, forgive me for all my sins. Come into my life and guide me for the rest of my life. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I didn't have any kind of weird experience, but all of a sudden I felt like, There was this sense of burden being lifted. And all of a sudden, I was like, hey, I didn't have to jump through a bunch of hoops to make somebody happy. Jesus, I love the song when it talks about he'll take us just as we are, just as I am. And he took me just as I am. So, hey, if you're here today and you've never established a relationship with God, I don't want you to leave without the possibility of having the greatest relationship you'll ever have. It's the most important decision anybody makes. And if you're here and you'd like to do that, let's all bow our heads, shall we? If you're here and you'd like to have that relationship, all you have to do is ask God to forgive you of your sins, acknowledge that, and then ask Christ to come into your life. And the Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And here's the good news. You only have to do it once. 
You only have to ask, but really be sincere about it. So my question for you is, is there anybody in the house that did that? Would you just raise your hand so you acknowledge that and say that, hey, I put my trust and faith in Christ? Anybody? Okay. Father, I ask that you would just uh, minister to each person here and speak to their heart and continue to work in our hearts. But Father, all of us need a one another team. And Father, we ask that you would help us uh, to be a part of that team and help us to grow in that relationship with you. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your house, not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And Father, I hope that uh, everyone who's here has been nudged just a little bit closer to take the challenge of having a team that they live with and, and, and struggle with in the sense that they care for one another. They love one another. They bear one another's burdens. They carry each other's burdens. And, and they bear with one another. Father, we come before you. We thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for the relationship we have with you. We thank you for your forgiveness of past sins. And so, Father, right now, we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.